You're listening to the Sportsman's Nation Podcast Network brought to you by Savage Arms and the new 110 Ultralight. At about six pounds, the 110 Ultralight is designed to combat elevation and the elements while maintaining the performance of a factory blueprinted Savage 110 action. The carbon fiber wrapped stainless steel barrel makes it durable and lightweight. The rifle comes equipped with the Savage AccuFit technology, so that means it's adjustable and it comes in a variety of calibers. The 308, the 270, the 28 Nosler, the 280 Ackley Improved, the 30-06, and much more. If you want to find out more information about the 110 Ultralight, visit SavageArms.com. This is the Houndsman XP Podcast. Good dog, get that bear. Get that bear in there. The original podcast for the complete Houndsman. The podcast that represents our lifestyle of extreme performance. Get up there! Yeah! 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 Good boy! Good boy, Ranger! Uniting houndsmen across the globe from east to west, north to south. You know, if you're going to catch a cat or a lion, you know, you have to have teamwork. We take you to the wildest places on earth. Yeah, so how many days how many days a week do you spend out As much as I can to be honest with you. Anytime that I get I'm I'm out there. Join us for every heart pounding adventure on Houndsman XP. I'll tell you like I tell everyone else, I'm gonna hunt whether you're here or not, so you might as well be here. <laughs> Houndsman XP fans, you've been asking for an episode about beagles and hunting rabbits and hares with beagles, and I traveled to northern Michigan to the UP up north and uh, hunted with the man, the myth, the legend, the Ayatollah of rock and rolla, Alan Gingrich. We spent two days in the UP hunting hares and I can see why you guys wanted an episode about this. I probably haven't been on a hound adventure uh, where I was so relaxed and had such a good time in a long, long time. Alan is a great host, nothing fancy, but we had campfires. We had uh, all the fixings, hot dogs, and some action-packed beagle races on snowshoe hair. It was a great time. You're going to hear about Alan's journey in uh, beagles and his passion for chasing hares with these, these beagle hounds. So I think you're really going to enjoy this episode. It's just a fun conversation with a great guy, and I really enjoyed my time with Alan, and I think you'll enjoy it too. Hey, if you guys have not seen 
dogsartree.com. If you haven't seen the new items on their website, you need to check them out. Kevin and Nancy have reinvented an old idea and made some really good improvements with their leashes and their, I'm not sure what they call them. I call them a gangline tie-out, but uh, I think they advertise them as a travel tie-out or something like that. But you know what I mean. It's a long line. It's got several clips on it. You can hook your, your hounds in it, drive each, a stake on each end, tie your dogs out on one long line check these things out they're not your standard item that that uh, you've you've been seeing around talking about triple crimps on the uh, cable connectors and then everything is shrink wrapped so there's no more exposed cable there to rust to break down and uh, they've improved the loops on the end of their leashes and you can get them in in uh, Two kinds of snaps, one the standard brass bolt snap and then the other stainless style snap that is a little quicker hookup when you're hooking hounds up to it. So check them out at dogsartree.com. You can also find Paws Are Protected there. They are the creators of Paws Are Protected. Build your pack from the ground up with Paws Are Protected. This stuff is a an ointment that you apply to dogs' feet. It will soften the pad, regenerate cell growth, helps uh, uh, heal injuries, existing injuries, gets those pads back in shape faster for your hounds, and uh, that means more days hunting. So good for you, good for your dogs. Build your pack from the ground up with paws are protected. My son is actually a machinist. He uses a lot of acetones and different things. He's using this on his hands, and just after a few applications, about a week, he can't believe it. I can't believe it. So paws are protected. And you can use a discount code. We've got a really cool discount code for you. When you join us on Patreon, we will send you a code where you can get 20% off of everything at dogsartree.com. So check them out today. You can join us on Patreon. Go to the Houndsman XP website at houndsmanxp.com. Find the link on how to support this podcast. Guys, I can't tell you how much we appreciate every one of our Patreon members. And every month we do a monthly drawing. We're giving prize packages away. We're giving away uh, a Tumblr when you sign up. And Patreon is how we support this podcast. We bring you a lot of information, high-quality stuff. We're, we're out there trying to get the topics that you want to hear that, you, that are relevant to your lifestyle and bring them to you and uh, we appreciate your support you can support us for as little as one dollar per show you can always listen to houndsman xp for free but patreon is a way that you can support this podcast so that we can continue to talk and bring you uh, uh, great topics about training uh, showcasing individual houndsmen and uh, important issues that are coming up that affect our lifestyle. So join us on Patreon. Go to houndsmanxp.com and click on the support button, and it will take you into our Patreon page, and you can start supporting us, and we would greatly appreciate it. Your support keeps us rocking this podcast and still leaves me with a little bit of money for another can of Spam and maybe some new crochet needles for uh, the missus. So, hey, we really do appreciate you. 
I hope you enjoy this episode as much as I enjoyed making it and bringing it to you at Houndsman XP. Man, isn't this just pretty right through here? I love this. This is, yeah. First time I've ever been up here to the Upper Peninsula. It's, uh, it's pretty impressive. It's pretty impressive, and we're getting ready. We're coming back from a couple days of hare hunting with your beagles. and Yeah. Good couple days, too. Yeah. Is a lot of fun. Oh, you gotta you gotta pay the admission fee before you go across the bridge on this side. Yep, yep. They get you on the northern side. Oh, okay. Here's the admission fee right here. Perfect. I thought they only charged you when you came up north, when you came to the UP, yeah. and then they were glad to see you go. <laughs> they get you both ways. I got a piece of smoked fish caught between my teeth. Yeah, so do I actually. <laughs> I was thinking I needed a toothpick here. Uh, ah, we got in the wrong one. That's my buddy over there on that one. Oh, yeah? Uh, no, that's not him either. It's a native guy. Yeah. Always a happy guy. How are you, ma'am? Thank you. Thank you. You too. You're going to drag race the E4, E450 right here. Perfect. You got him. We got His him. hood's up. He probably doesn't even realize it. His hood's like on safety latch right there. <laughs> yep. So we're getting grit. What's the name of this bridge? Is this the Mackinac? This is the Mackinac Bridge, yep. Going across the river, and unfortunately, we're headed south instead of headed north. Well, that's true. At least it's not as windy as it was Thursday or uh, Wednesday morning when oh we came gosh. up here. Oh, my gosh. So how long did we sit and wait to get across the bridge because well, of the wind? We got here at what? I think it was around 6.30 when we got on the uh, on the south end of it. And we uh, finally did cross at what? Right at 11.30 noon? Yeah. I think, something like that on yeah. that day. Yeah, we sat around for a little while, went and ate some breakfast, and it still wasn't open. So we turned around, went back to Gaylord, went to Jay's Sporting Goods, yeah, walked around there, ate some more donuts. <laughs> I didn't need that donut, by I the way. I didn't either. It was like a either. chocolate long john with peanut butter filling. You got to try that one next time. That that was the heaviest long john I have ever eaten in my life. That thing weighed had to weigh at least a pound. Yeah. <laughs> and then we just kind of uh, kind of had to make ourselves go walk and stuff once we get up here. Yeah. So. Yeah, no escorts today. Going back, had an escort. Uh, bringing us across wednesday yeah what were the what were the winds on wednesday you remember what they said well the inter, the internet the md michigan dot site showed what it say 60 miles an hour on the bridge surface i think that's right something like that yeah you 60 miles an hour but it was uh like 45 to 50 miles an hour sustained with 70 mile an hour gusts yeah it was windy that's for sure yeah Yep, and I'll tell you what, when we came across the lake uh, Wednesday, it was heavy seas. <laughs> it really yeah, was. It was. It was heavy seas. We had a due west wind coming. and So we're driving south now, and I'm looking out to the west, and I don't even know where the other shore is. Yeah, can't see it from that side. No, over, no, here no. On, over here on the east, I can see some 
Well, there's a part of it that opens up where you can't see anything, but I can see part of the, uh, well, that's not the Mackinac Island. The Mackinac Island sits behind us there a little bit. You can yeah. see some of it. Yeah. Yeah, that's a place you got to take your wife to sometime. I think, I bet she'd like that. She that's, is going to, she she is really looking forward to that. I've never been, this is my first trip to the UP. Yeah, yeah. What did you think of it? I was really impressed. I was impressed with the quality of the hunting and, uh, you know, how long have you been coming up here? Um, a lot of years. A, a lot, lot of years. A lot yeah. Of years. <laughs> yeah. You don't want to date I, yourself. I'm, no, I'm not going to do that, but, uh, I'm a little, I'm an older guy and I've been coming up. <laughs> well, then what does that make me? <laughs> well, it makes you just like me. I figured <laughs> out you're the same age as I am. I may have a couple months on you actually. Yeah. But no, I've been coming up here uh, regularly since I was about twenty years old. Man, so thirty years. <laughs> you know, okay. I just yeah, let the cat that, out of the yeah, bag. You did. You did. Thirty-one yeah. years to yeah. be exact. Next yeah. month, right? Uh, actually, thirty-two years. Next month. Let's not shortcut it since we're okay. expo- exposing it, anyways. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and you know what? This is the first time that I have ever been that we couldn't cross the bridge because of wind. First time that's I've ever seen that happen. Remember that guy we met down here at the restaurant yesterday, and he's like, oh, yeah, I've been through this several times. Yeah. I've been coming yeah. up here for 40 years. Yeah. And then he's like, this is the second time it yeah. happened. It's like, are you kidding yeah. me? Yeah. I've been through this several times. Yeah. It happened one other time. Yeah. yeah. That's not several. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I can tell you, Alan, that, that – um, the last couple days have been it, it beyond my expectations. I mean, I was excited about coming up and going to the UP and and uh, chasing hares, snowshoe hare with you and your beagles. I've heard you talk about it for years, and uh, I've always thought, man, that'd be cool to do. That'd be so much fun. It'd be different, and it didn't disappoint. So I can't tell you how happy i am and grateful that you invited me to come up and and uh, tag along for a couple days yeah well for sure i i appreciated that you could uh, make it work to make the trip up here with me i come i've come up here quite a bit just by myself you know and and with other folks too my brothers and and all that and it's it's always good to have somebody with you really you know i enjoy just coming up here and running dogs and and it's just a good place to get some miles on your dogs. And, you know, right now i got these two young males. I'm trying to get a lot of time on them. And it's just, you know, it's a five-and-a-half-hour trip from my house. So it's, I love coming up here. And just uh, even if it's just for, like, this trip, just a day and a half, basically, we're going to make it two days. And, when you know, Wednesday was it, – it got so windy and everything. We didn't get the dogs loose till about, uh, what was it, about 1 o'clock maybe? Yeah. And uh, <clears throat> still put 12 miles, 13 miles on those little beagles. Yeah, yeah, we did. And, uh, uh, but yeah, it was a good time. You know, uh, uh, that hunt mostly on the Hiawatha National Forest there, and it's it's not too far, you know, 20, 25 minutes. You can be in the, in the forest across the bridge there. But, yeah, it's just a, it's huge, a vast vast forest there you know i looked it up i didn't know exactly how many acres it was till today i looked it up but it's eight hundred and seventy thousand acres you know that's, yeah that's <laughs> that's impressive yeah yeah what did it say 575 miles of streams that uh that dump into the great lakes around here yeah it's that's, amazing it is 
It is. It's amazing. And, and uh, the thing that surprised me was the lack of traffic. You know, we're in the fall, and and being in the forest for a day and a half or two days or whatever, we see four vehicles. Maybe, yeah. Four yeah. vehicles yeah. pass us. Yeah. And uh, what a gym. Yeah. It's a gym. Yeah. You see what I like going up there? Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, it's your happy place. It is my happy place. Sure is. You look a little sad because we're headed south. It is. You know, it's, uh, it's, you know, all like I said, all good things must come to an end, you know. But, uh, yeah, get, get back home and get to work again, I guess. But, no, I've, I really enjoy the last couple of days. Always do. doesn't matter. You know, Wednesday I thought the running just wasn't that great. It just seemed like the conditions weren't as good. Uh, but then uh, this morning... We turned loose. It took a little while to get on a hair. That was a little uncommon. It usually doesn't take that long to get one get one jump, but it took a little while. But when they did, they really, yeah. really ran good, right yeah. from the start. And most of the day, it's been good, you know. Yep. I got some tired beagles. I, they're all snoring in the box right now. They I put about it. what they put 15, 16 miles on today. Yeah, about right. At, they averaged about fifteen miles. We put on them today. So. There's just something about a beagle. You and know, that was that was up to what time we quit? About two o'clock, one thirty, I guess. Two yeah. o'clock, something like that. Yeah. A little sooner than I thought, but after we, uh, after you knocked that last hair down, I I saw, boy, these young dogs are looking a little a little tired. So. Yeah. Yeah, I made well, two amazing shots. You did. You did. I was <laughs> impressed. You two for two, the two for two, man. <laughs> I did. Hey, I got a couple of hairs too, and I you there's, missed one. There's one that there's you one missed that got one. Away. There's one that got away from me. He was just hopping like down the road towards you and looking at you and waving at you, <laughs> yeah. and you just no, I didn't see it. What yeah, what happened? Well, I was that was. Uh, uh, I'm not going to tell you how close he was. He was well within shooting range. I just, uh, I just let him a little bit too much. Yeah, let him a little too much. Wouldn't <laughs> be the first time. Won't be the last. Oh, uh, well. What would you think of that color change? This, so you saw them. They're they're about, I'd say, what about three quarter white, right now. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, when I just, I just got back from Idaho and we saw a lot of snowshoe hair out west and stuff like that and they were all still brown and um so right now they're in that transition stage mm -hmm. of tra you know going from brown to white which is absolutely amazing that uh, a, a hair adapts to its environment like that there ain't any snow here yet it's still brown yeah but um and that's actually unusual for this time of the year oftentimes this time of the year we come up here there's usually snow here so yeah <clears throat> and the hair know that and they're already starting to change colors oh, but yeah. uh, it's a good thing there isn't snow they'd have stuck out like cottontails on the snow they kind of would have yeah right. yeah yeah that was that was cool so a lot of white white on their feet and up on their bellies and really starting to see that and on their face starting to change yeah yeah, that so, is. Yeah, yesterday, last last evening, yesterday, late in the afternoon, the dogs got back in there a little bit and didn't seem like they were coming out. So uh, we kind of parted ways. I kind of went one way, hoping we could maybe uh, maybe uh, catch up with the hair on the me covering the one end. And you you dug you chose to dug into dig into the forest. No, it was a like bit. it was Does, like no, yeah. <laughs> it was like hey, why don't you? Yeah. 
you know, if you want to walk back in there and and try to cut that off, you know, we can catch these dogs. And it was, I, as soon as I was not even 30 yards in there, I was thinking, <laughs> this is the initiation to the UP. <laughs> this is, okay, we we got him to go. So I don't know how many yards, how many probably a half mile through that stuff and there were as many trees on the ground laying <laughs> parallel to the ground as we're standing up and thick and just and you're out there walking around on the trail and i know what you're thinking it's like yep we got him to go that happened to me one other time too uh bear hunting in north carolina and tracy jones like oh yeah you just go up around that side there and then come down that that draw down that creek and and see if you can strike a track. Well, he sent me into Laurel, and he was laughing when I got back. Yeah, well, I did walk up the trail a little ways, and then I did cut back in about four or 500 yards, and dogs kind of cut her back to the back around, circled back around to my left, and got back out close to the trails. I didn't waste a whole lot of time. I hit it back, back again. Yeah, I was back, back, back on the trail, and I was back in there, and it was getting dark, and I was thinking, the last place I want to be is back here when it gets dark. So I'm, I saw you on the Garmin and saw you bringing dog. I saw everything bunched up and moving down that trail, and uh, I thought, man, it's time for me to go. Yeah, well, I had pulled my radio out to give you a buzz, and, and the batteries were pretty much dead. I couldn't get a hold of you or whatever. Yeah, you gave me a dead radio. Yeah, well, I thought, well, you would probably <laughs> see on your Garmin. You can see where I'm at. And I got all the dogs, but... Yeah, you know, last week I was just up here a week ago, and I had, uh, I had, I uh, kind of got got caught with my two young dogs out way after dark, and I couldn't get a hold of them. They were way back in there, kind of like this, and they just wouldn't cross the road anywhere. Got parallel, just running parallel. And long story short, I, uh, I had one lay down on me. I had him down for about fifteen hours. That youngest dog I got Which one? here, Homer. Homer? Homer, yeah. He uh, Henry was, I caught him uh, about 10 o'clock. I got a hold of him, and uh, finally, and uh, got him out to the truck, and I just could not get the other one out. He kept picking around back there in that swamp, and uh, finally uh, looked on my guard, was checking my Garmin the whole time, and uh, showed that he was just uh, not going anywhere. And I, I thought, man, he, he, he had to lay down. That was a long day for him. And sure enough, finally got in there, got a, navigated around the swamp. My brother was up there, and him and I got back in there. And sure enough, he was bedded down. I carried him all the way out. But that was a poor little guy. He had quite an experience last week. Got into a porcupine, thing those young dogs go through sometimes, right. you know. And still had a couple quills in him. I, I saw he had one under his skin still that morning and i didn't couldn't couldn't get that one out but he seemed like he was fine but uh but yeah so he had a he had a long day and uh he just flat laid flat laid down on me but i really like what i'm seeing out of those two young males man it's been worth uh, this has been my this is my fifth or sixth trip up here since middle of august since i started bringing those two young dogs up here but i've put a lot of miles on them and and it's showing so it's what you got to do sometimes you know the 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 beagle is a small hound with a huge heart you know the i remember being a kid and and my brother was the one that came up he ended up getting the first beagle and try, um, try some of this jerky here you like jerky yeah there you go 
Yeah. You want me to chew and eat in the mic and stuff? Yeah. I'm going to just yeah. tear off a little piece. That's not, pretty good. Yeah, it's not bad. That's like a seasoned beef chunk right there. Mm -hmm. But uh, I remember those days of, of hunting with those beagles, and I've and that you you brought back a lot of memories. I'm going to eat some more jerky. Um, today for me, I mean, or the last couple of days, and the heart of the beagle is just unbelievable. Those dogs, they came out today and they were dead tired, but they they earned it. They really did. Yeah, they uh, they worked pretty good today. Had some had some very good running. <clears throat> so so tell tell me what got you into beagles. How do you end up? Because everybody knows you as you know the coonhound guy. Well, I mean, a lot of our audience does through coonhounds and things like that. The beagle beagle community knows you from that side of it. But what got you into beagles? Mm, we had beagles when we were kids at home, so we started hunting them back back home on the farm already. I don't know, twelve, thirteen years old, I guess. Yeah, we started uh, got our first beagles. And What's the earliest? Twelve or thirteen? That'd be mm -hmm. the earliest age you remember. Well, it, that we had our own dogs, but before that, we'd go running with uh, you know with other guys that had beagles and stuff yeah. like that too. And dad, dad used to have a beagle when we were really young. Mm-hmm. So when dad ran a little bit, you know, but, um, so yeah, young kids, grandpa always had beagles and coonhounds and all that stuff. So sometimes we went with him and our uncles, all they, a lot of them ran beagle dogs and yeah, yeah, just, just loved it. And it's, you know, I grew up in Northern Michigan, Northern part of, in the lower still, but little town called Mayo. We're not too uh, far away from there right no, now. No, we're not. No, we're going to come up on Gaylord here after a little while. And then next big town we'll come to is Grayling. And then uh, where I grew up sits just a little bit north, uh, northeast of Grayling. Actually, okay. Is, is where uh, Mayo is on the Osava River, but right there we had both cottontails and hare, and uh, we just we we loved getting on those hare. That's just uh, something exciting about running a hare. Yeah. You know, they'll almost cut out of out of hearing. Now you know today there was there was hardly any times actually all weekend really that the dogs really got out of hearing. There were sometimes they got close to it, you know. Yeah. But you could hear them really for what, eight nine hundred yards. You could still hear them pretty good uh, in the last couple of days. Yeah. But I think what one of the things that makes a difference, you know, if you got snow on the trees and things like that, that really makes a difference pretty quick. You're not going to hear them that far. You know, but yeah, it's just uh, it's just something exciting about hair hunting. Always loved it. And, and still do yeah it's um you know cottontail hunting is got its own charm mm -hmm. to it mm -hmm. you know and but but the circles that these hairs make is and and the ability of the ha these beagles and these hounds to to sort that out because we looked at some screens on the garments i mean they scribbled a dot in there and yet they brought that hair around multiple times we we saw how many times did we see that haircut across the road today this morning first four, four times four, four times, times first time i think you nailed him no i got him i got the first one didn't i yeah you I did got, yeah yeah i think it was the fourth time you crossed the road yep 
but yeah, he even tried a little trick on the dogs that were come out the middle of the road that one time went up the road, up the middle of the dirt road. Yeah. But they they uh, they bobbled a little bit, but they got him figured out. Right. So what is about the 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 beagle that you like so much? Hey, you know what? A lot a lot of just what you said. You know, they got just got a lot of heart and and uh, and it's just amazing how how long and how many miles those dogs can put on a you know in a day especially if they're in shape you know obviously you, you saw this just in the last couple of days you know you got to have a, you got to have a dog in shape right you know if, if you don't have a dog in shape they're just not going to last too long on especially running all day now my dogs right now are are in pretty decent shape but uh when we picked them up after we got that last hair you could see especially those two young dogs you know i picked up that one male that uh before they got on that last one he was limping a little bit. He's just just tired, you know, right. just tired. But uh, oh, they would have they went would have went the rest of the day, you know. And that's just just like that, <laughs> you know. From from there on is just heart and drive and desire, you know. But uh, it's amazing, uh, you know. And they're doing we, it. They decided just to pick them up there and call it call it a good day, you know. Yeah, they're doing it on seven inch legs. <laughs> yeah, you know. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They 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 make up for it with that heart and that drive and that desire. I think. It's almost like you get inspired by watching a beagle. Mm-hmm. You know, you get inspired. It's like, can I get up and walk back this trail or up this? And you see what that beagle has done all day, and it inspires you to to get back into it. Yeah. It's yeah, I can't sit here any longer. But but I like the way you hunt. I really like, <laughs> and we we ate good and. We had fires. Yeah. First thing this morning, turning the dogs loose, got us a little fire started there. And yeah, I love that. That's just, that just, all that just adds to it for me. Listening to the hounds run and they bring it. I know there were times we talked about um, recording a podcast. I didn't bring the extension cord set up that I normally, that I like to use. But how cool would it have been to sit by, be sitting by that fire? Because those beagles were twenty yards, maybe from us, yeah. fifteen yards yeah. from us, they, yeah. just screaming. Yeah, yeah. they run. And they run through. How many times did they come through there today? Bunch. Lots. Yeah, yeah. Well, a bunch. And you we could have probably heard them easily. It, yeah, through these mics, even they're they're directional. Mm-hmm. But but um, so, what do you look for in a beagle when when you've had a, how many beagles do you think you've had? Oh gosh, it's hard to tell, Chris. It's uh, I don't know, probably twenty, thirty, forty of them over, you know, different ones, I guess. Yeah, I don't know. Right now, I've got uh, I've got uh, four of them that I keep at the house. I had I had half a dozen until a couple of weeks ago. I got rid of two of them, but uh, it's a good just, thing you got rid of them before I came to hunt with you. You might have went home with them. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the one I had that I got rid of, she was just a little bit slower than the rest of my dogs and just didn't really fit into my pack, you know. So it was just uh, uh, you need to, uh, uh, when you rabbit hunt, you want the beagles to pack up, you know. So it's kind of important that you have uh, your pack is kind of similar as far as, as, as foot speed. You'll get some, you know, slower that are just naturally slower and some that have a little more foot, you know. I wouldn't call mine 
you know, super fast or anything like that, but they're, you know, a medium, medium, a good medium or a little better than medium speed probably for the most part, I guess is what most people would call them, but uh, they do a pretty fair job. I think I'm, the far- I'm just tickled the way that my uh, two young males have come along. You know, I started them this last spring, just got them started on cottontail, and then uh, honestly, they haven't, they got laid up after uh, about April. They got laid up till first trip up here in August, and but just from just from August till now, you know, five, five, six trips now up here to the UP. Man, they've come a long way. But that's just goes to show what it what you can uh, get done. Put the time in on them up here, and right, I love it. They're coming along nicely. So, I think the farthest I saw your pack behind a, a hair this last couple of days is probably. You know, forty yards behind, maybe. Yeah, maybe. You know, you know, today there was a couple times I was surprised they were as close to him as. Uh, every as one of them. Yeah. I was surprised yeah. every. How many we shoot? Five. Uh, four or five. Yeah, yeah. we uh, yeah. four or five hair and and every and, one of we, them. And we weren't trying to kill a bunch of them no. or anything like that. You know, we could have if we'd have really set up to try to shoot more. We could have certainly done. I would certainly mm-hmm. hope so, but that wasn't really the wasn't really our game plan. I guess. No. I We're, did want to get a couple down to these young dogs today, though, or this weekend, or this week. Yeah. But the, the pack was together. They worked together well. They were seemed like they were putting good pressure on the hair without, you know, just blowing it up. Seems like if in not hair hunting, but other... Uh, you know, you bear hunt or you lion hunt or if you've got that dog that doesn't stick to he can blow that up and you talked mm-hmm. about blowing up races and mm-hmm. and different things but your pack seems to be pretty close when that hair would come across the road they would be your 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 pack was pretty close together yeah mm-hmm. they were yeah. like within i would say 20 feet you know a circumference of 20 feet they're working together you mean as far as the pack goes yeah the, oh yeah 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 <clears throat> Yep. Yeah, you know, most of the time, probably uh, less than that. It kind of it kind of depends. You know, it just depends on when you what was happening when you when we did actually see him. But usually, when they're all when the whole pack's on on line, you can. I'm not going to say you can throw a blanket over them, but you know, it was pretty that's, close. Yeah, that's what you want to look for. I'd yeah, ten close. Yeah, within yeah. ten feet of each other, yeah. and they're just like seems like every time you yeah seems every time you see them cross the road or something where we could see them. You know, yeah, they were. Can you can you hair hunt with one dog with one beagle? Sure, absolutely. And you know what? I don't I I don't mind doing that. And I, I, matter of fact, I like doing that. I like to solo a dog on hair. Yeah. And I've I've done these. Uh, I've had these solo these young males already here in the last several trips. We didn't I didn't do it this week here, but uh, but they're doing a fine job. But I I love doing that with with a young dog like that. They get going. They just let them build that confidence up. You know, that's a, that's a big thing. You know is let them get that confidence up. So, yeah, I absolutely love to solo. What do you, you think? It builds the confidence. What else does it do for, for a young dog like that to solo them? Well, they, they have to do everything. They have to do everything on their own. You know, let them figure, let them figure things out. And you'll, you'll see, you know, they'll run into one of the things you get up in here, here that you saw. We could see it on our garments when they got into some swampy areas and stuff. And, you know, and that's where, that's where they break down a little bit sometimes, you know, but, just like a bald them, eagle sitting yep, up on that sitting limb right there. Yep. Look at that. Yep. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Last week we uh, 
Last week it was pretty nice when we were up there, up here, and saw several of them flying yeah. around. That's that's pretty neat. But but solo on a dog, solo on a young hound, by himself. You're. What are you trying to accomplish by doing that? Uh, give number one, give them the confidence. You know, and they have to do it on their own, and it just builds a lot of confidence. That's that's probably the number one thing. And then you can also just really gauge where they're at. You know, mm-hmm. really can and. Uh, that the confidence and um, that's basically uh, basically the number one thing and 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 I really feel like that helps you know you don't want to I don't I say hey I'm not an expert here on on training or anything like that never uh, never claim to be but uh, that's just been my experience you know I want to do a fair fair amount of soloing Mm-hmm. You know, and you want them to pack too. You can you can overdo soloing to almost to the point where they might get a little too independent. And um, I was going to bring yeah. it back to that. Yeah, you know, but uh, uh, I just uh, I've I've always felt that way. There's a there's there's we need to need to solo them some. So you solo them, and especially and young dogs, especially young dogs. Yeah, when you you know when you're in the training portion. So you're looking for every every beagle in your pack to be a leader well to be a contributor contributor yep okay yeah i don't i don't i don't necessarily need i'm just not big on a dog that just needs to fight for the front end okay things like that you know and uh obviously it depends on the dog you know but uh, i like uh, i like a dog that uh packs up nicely and usually you know that's uh it, it just, it just, and I've had, I've had dogs that had to have that front end, but uh, I am, uh, what I look for is a dog that can, will contribute, you know, not just, not just always a follower, but they, they got to contribute, you know, that's what, that's what makes a good pack. If you have dogs that, that all contribute in some, in some form, and, mm-hmm. and I think you know what we had, uh, uh, I think you probably saw that uh, here in the last couple of days. Every one of them, you know, you saw some. Picking up some nice checks, you know, yeah. and and it wasn't always just the older dogs, you know. Some of the young dogs did a nice job too with that. How old is Fiddle, your female? Uh, she is. I think she's right at five. Five years old. Yep, five years old. And we had that other male, Bo, which uh, I brought him along. He actually belongs to a buddy of mine back home, and he's a he's a pretty solid hound. He is a I I want to say he's going to be a coming three year old. Mm-hmm. But uh, I remember we had him up here when he was 14 months old, and he reminds me a lot of my young young male, about the same age when we had him up here. Henry or Homer? Homer. Yeah. And um, uh, doing a nice job, you know, at that age already, con- you know, contributing here, and he was really learning. The next year, bring him up here, and man, just a big, big difference from that first year to the second year. And that's what uh, hey, that's what you look for, and. Just like uh, that bow dog of my buddies, he's he's turned out to be a nice, solid hound, you know. And I think he's a coming three-year-old now, and he's just this year again. He's just he's just super solid. Yeah, yeah. So so too much soloing. You say they're always fighting for the front. What happens when uh, you get one dog, or you get mul- Let's say you got multiple dogs that are trying to fight for the front. What kind uh, of problems does that? oftentimes that will end up in uh too many too many messes and and losing the track running off the front or running off the end of tracks and things like that can, mm-hmm. can mess it up you're talking about soloing a dog that doesn't 
too much soloing isn't necessarily going to make a dog fight for the front, I don't feel like. It's just a, a matter of, uh, you know, giving them the confidence they need to be a contributor within the pack more than anything, I guess. So when you're hunting a young beagle and you're soloing them and you're trying to develop those skills, mm -hmm. you know, at what point do you decide, hey, that's enough. That's enough soloing. Let's put them back in the pack and run them with. Really depends on the dog, each individual dog. What are you looking? What are you looking for, though? As, as far as the how much I sold them, yeah. When do you uh, do? the confidence they have, and how much uh, the confidence that they they have uh, they have uh, gained from it, and then um, I guess how much they contribute within the within the pack, you know. Mm -hmm. yeah. 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 So, when you're running hares, tell me the difference. You've talked about. Uh, over the last couple of days, we've talked about, you know, a cottontail dog or a hair dog or a good dog that can do either one. You know, tell me, tell me what it is that makes a good hair dog. Because you've talked about that. He's a dynamite hair dog. What, it, what do you mean by that? Yeah, uh, I, you know, I don't know what it is, Chris. You know, it, it's, you, you know, we, the majority of what we run is obviously on cottontail. And you can, and I think it's, uh, it's probably like uh, I think we talked what we talked about a little bit is some of you know some of the coon hunters or whatever have a kind of a mediocre less than mediocre dog they think okay he's going to make a he's going to be just fine as a bear dog mm -hmm. well I think the bear hunters will tell you uh, no. no way right well I think it's the same way here a little bit but I've I've you know I've seen dogs on cottontail that are excellent on cottontail mm -hmm. and you put them on hair and they're just kind of average but I've seen other dogs that are decent cottontail dogs that just you put them on hair that will just excel and i can't really point a finger i don't know what it is but i've i've certainly seen that and and there's a there's i, I don't know you know i think a lot of times one of the things that you see a little bit different on hair sometimes i think is dogs that can run with their heads up a little bit more yeah you know <clears throat> some dogs uh, just just seem to uh, be able to do that better than others you know but i've seen uh, there's a there's a friend of mine that has one, and he's a very and I'll use him as an example. He is a better than average hound on cottontail. Very nice dog, very nice hound. Bring him up here, and we've had him up here the last three or four years, and that dog just excels. And now the the last year he's getting older now or whatever, but he was he's just a he's just a dominant hair dog. Just so is it the difference between the cot the way the cottontail covers ground and the hair covers ground? You know, I'm I don't know. I don't I don't know that I can really answer that really to be I can I can throw something out there, but it's you know some it's Let me a, let me ask you this. Yeah. Okay, so say you're hunting in an area uh, that has both hair and cottontail. Yeah. Can you tell the difference on what your dogs are running based on how they're moving? Yeah. How? Yeah. Uh, a lot of times a cottontail is just going to basically circle, and the circle's not going to be more than about three, 400 yards probably, mm -hmm. maybe, uh, at most. Whereas a hare, uh, he's going to cut out a lot more and maybe do some figure-eight type stuff, maybe <laughs> loop around a little bit, pigtail yeah. around, I call it, you know. We saw that. And, yeah, just some things like that. And, you know, it's nothing for them to take them, you know, eight, 900 yards one way. Yeah. And, uh they ju they just run differently
Yeah. You know, whereas a cottontail most of the time is pretty much going to circle around. And, mm-hmm. uh, and their hair will, will circle to an extent sometimes a little bit. And they're honestly, they're kind of unpredictable, really, as far as what their route's going to be, where I think a cottontail is a little bit more predictable maybe. but uh, Well, this was my first time ever hunting hair, and I've hunted cottontails with beagles before. And, and a cottontail just kind of, you can kind of gauge where they're going to come out and know where it's going to happen. Yeah. How many times just today... You know, we're sitting there at the fire, and it's like, oh, it's coming close. We ought to, you know, we ought to go ahead and yeah. and knock this one down. And I jump up and grab my shotgun. I walked out there, set up, and boom, he didn't come out, and he's he's already turned and headed back in. Yeah, yeah, I know that that happens quite a bit. It was it was a whole new experience for me, and it was uh, it was a good experience. It was exciting. So. Um, There's a whole different aspect of beagles and hare hunting and cottontail hunting, but you work it with a lot of UKC beagle trials mm-hmm. and in your job, and just lay that lay that format out for us a little bit about beagle trials and how it's there's a huge difference in coonhound trials, um, but Tell us, describe a beagle trial. Yeah, we have the one format that's called the hunting beagle format, and that is where you draw dogs out uh, in in a group or a cast of four dogs in a in a cast, and then there's a there's a point system set up for it. Um, you know, in the in the for the order that the dogs all strike in, the handlers call their dogs struck just like they do in the in the coonhound events. Mm-hmm. And then there's, so there's points for that, and then basically, it's kind of simulated after a after a you know a real hunt or whatever. You kind of stay where the dogs jump the rabbit. You stay there, and you hope they circle it back around to you. That's what they uh, what they should do: circle it back around to you. And then they uh, when you see the rabbit, you call a line. You mark a line. Let's say it runs by this stump or whatever. You call a line. Then you score the dogs one, two, three, four. So there's a there's a point system for scoring lines. Mm-hmm. So once they bring it back to the line is when they or after they score the line is when you can secure their strike points plus. But in between all that, you have uh, you have what we call a check and a progress clock. So after the dogs shut up for X amount of time, uh, they all shut up. Uh, we call what they we call a check. So they go into a check, and then there's uh, merit points for the dog that picks up the recovery um, and, and, and results in uh, the track being going back to a runnable state again. Mm-hmm. So that's part of the scoring. And then there's all, also the progress clock. Let's say they don't, uh, they don't recover it, um, and after like three minutes, uh, the track is called dead. They just haven't progressed it, whether they've shut up completely or, or just simply have not progressed it. Then, uh, then they call time after that, handle the dogs. Then it's a matter of uh, trying to determine why the track ended. If it's just a simple, they just made a simple lose, uh, and in that case, the dogs are going to get demerited for that. But sometimes you might uh, have uh, determined that they ended up in a hole or a place of refuge or whatever, and, of course, they don't okay. get demerited for that. So that's the one format, and then it's just as simple as, you know, at the end of uh, either a 60- or a 90-minute hunt, uh, dog with the best score is going to be your winner. And then, so, so a dog gets scored on 
strike points, which one gets out there and gets a rabbit up or a track up a moving. Mm -hmm. And then uh, basically which one is crossing the line that you put out there. Yep, line points. All right, so so that brings me back. And recovery points, those three things. Recovery points. Mm -hmm. Okay, so what's a line point? What's a line point worth? First, first line. Uh, first line is uh, 100. Second is uh, 85, 70, and 55. That's interesting. Yeah, and then strike points are 175, 50, and 25. What about recovery points? Recovery points is 20 points. 20, 20 plus points. points. Yep. Okay, so I'm trying to wrap my brain around this, and I'm going back to that solo and a dog deal because if I'm going to compete – I obviously want a dog that gets gone, gets out there, gets struck, and carries a line because that could potentially be, what, 200 points, right, if he's first and exactly. first. Yep, exactly. And then, but if he's too fast, do you get minus points? If he's too fast, I don't know if you can be too fast necessarily. They just need to have – it's the the line points, purpose for the line point stuff is for, uh, for two things, obviously. They get their uh, strike points secured, but – more importantly is to gauge the dog on control what we call control they need to be close enough to the line and and they need to have respect for that line you know a dog mm-hmm. that's just going to run uh too loose or have no regard for the line maybe you know swinging off off way off the line that dog's not going to get scored okay you know so you have to have a you have to in, in the competition you have to you have to have a dog that has uh has some line control you know or yeah otherwise you're not going to get those line points and because you could potentially, you know, if you've got a slower beagle and they're really good at picking up loses, then, but they're only getting 20 points for picking that up. They'd have to do that five times. Yeah. In, to make up that first line score. Well, it is, you know, it, it is. But if you have, you don't need, you know, I, I know, I know a, a lot of guys will, you know, think this, uh, they got to have this race to get that first line, just right. really focused on having that front end dog. And I'm telling you, you don't you don't always need that front end dog or the dog that you know all this foot foot foot. You know, I think there's, you know, if you have a dog that has good line control, and um, and has you know has decent feet or decent foot, they can't be you know just too dang slow. You know, can't keep keep up with a pack or anything like that. But you don't always have to be that first or second dog. But I tell you, if you have a dog that runs clean, runs clean on the line, uh, they're they're you know. If you have that front end dog uh, is going to miss that line or whatever, uh, you know that's second, third slotted dog. Boy, if they can come through that line, there's uh, they can they can still compete. Yeah. You don't you don't just need a front end dog to win win trials. Yeah. And another thing is you know those uh, you'd be surprised how many times those checkpoints or recovery points come into play. Mm-hmm. They really do. Yeah. And you need that type of dog. You know if you have one that you know they need to be clean enough to. If you don't have a check dog or. Uh, you know, a dog that keep can keep a rabbit going, you're not going to have any points to score at the end of the day, <laughs> which kind of simulates the whole thing with, with hunting. You know, if they, can't right. bring, if they can't bring it around to the gun, why, you're not going to have much of a rabbit hunt. Well, I'll give you an example. You know, I said my brother, <laughs> he, he was the one that, that got the first beagle. And uh, Sally was more of a consistent stay on the track, bring the rabbit around to the gun dog. Yeah. Well, I found a little beagle. His name was Barney, and Barney was fast. Man, I, when the first time I cut him loose, is like, wow, 
you know, I'm going to, I'm going to, even, even then at 15, 16 years old, you're competing with your brother's dog and Barney was fast and it was cool because yeah. you turn Barney loose by himself and he would, he would streak around there and bring a rabbit around, but he was so fast that a lot of times he wasn't good at picking up loses. You know, oh, yeah. he was not good yeah. about coming back in those check times and picking up his loses and here would come Sally. You know, she'd come up through there. She'd be 30 seconds behind him. She'd sort it out, pick it up, and bring it on around. Mm-hmm. You know, that is mm-hmm. – so, yeah, Barney Barney was the fast dog. He was a little spun out and wigged out. and <clears throat> He'd run like a wild man, but he wasn't good about picking up those loses. Yeah, yeah. Well, there's a good example probably of uh, maybe that little bit slower dog, but uh, clean up some of the messes they leave. She did. And, and, yeah. Know. She was. She would clean yeah. up the messes. She would clean up the messes. Yeah, you know, you're talking about soloing a dog. You know, at one time we had, uh, uh, we had this, or I had this one dog that was. He was one of the toughest rabbit hounds we had. I mean, he was a nice, nice hound. You know, this was back in the day before, before all the uh, telemetry systems and all the uh, training systems that we now have. But man that that was one still one of the nicest rabbit hounds we had but he had one major fault and that was running fast game we run deer i mean he would he would leave a rabbit track to run a dang deer mm-hmm. you know but and it happened so many times but you know <laughs> we tried to tra- break this dog and he's just one of those that we just couldn't get broke off a of deer but uh, he's one of those, you know, back in those days, you just say, well, doggone, that's going to be the end of the day for us. But uh, leave your jacket laying out, go out five, six hours later and never failed. He was always laying right there. Yeah. You know, that's the that's the, the, the first, uh, the only dog, and we've done it with other dogs too, but that was, it, that happened a lot with that dog. But finally, you know, it just got, it just got old. And, and I tell you, we had him, we've had him up north too, and ah, that didn't work. You don't. That's another thing with, uh, you know, if if, if you're going to go run hare uh, or, or any, you know, even cottontail doesn't really matter. But if you don't have broke dogs in there, a, a dog that isn't broke can just ruin your day in a hurry. Mm-hmm. And that's another thing that, you you know, you want to work on your young dogs with, you know, and and you want to at some point you need to expose them to that, you know, get that uh, get get any such problems worked out. Otherwise, uh, you know, just like a. A uh, couple a couple days we've had here, it can just ruin those days yeah. in a hurry. You know, we didn't we didn't have any yeah. of that. But no, uh, and not not to say, hey, I'm telling you, just a, a month ago, I was up here, and that uh, young dog I got here, he he took off on a deer, and didn't take him very long, take him a couple miles, you know. But so I gotta watch that a little bit and keep working on him, you know. But uh, so a, be- a beagle being pri- you know primarily uh, focused on being track minded you know that's Mm -hmm. their job is to run a track Mm -hmm. how hard is it to to break your your beagles off of deer and other fast game and things that how hard is that to do you know what i've not really ever found it to to be very tough with the training systems we have and everything if you uh i'm not a i'm not a a guy that is going to be quick on the trigger for one yeah I, you know i i don't know i just i'm not a big <laughs> big on that but I, I am more into uh 
kind of exposing them to it and knowing exactly what I'm set, basically setting them up. You know, if I have one that's going to be a problem, uh, it's not going to take me too long till I'm going to set that dog up and know exactly what is there that he is actually running a deer and, and try to get that broke. But to answer your question, I've never really had a dog since we've had this that wasn't couldn't eventually be broke i've mm-hmm. had some that were a lot harder to break than others you know but for the most part i haven't found it to be too hard so you, you know talk- probably the there's there's a difference you know there's one thing there where you can break them to the point where they're not going to run one if they come across it on their own but there's another thing to be if they're influenced you know if the rest of the pack or another dog's going to run one there's there's your second test on your dog whether you've got him broke or not right so, so how do, how do you go about breaking a young beagle I can't believe the number of side by sides and stuff moving north to the to the UP here. Yeah, deer season. Deer season's here. yep. Deer season's up, opening up uh, Sunday, yeah. I believe. So yeah. So so north. how do you how do you set them up? How do what does Alan Gingrich do to to break his young dogs to ensure that when they open their mouth, they're on a hair? Uh, I'm going to take them out, set them up by me by setting them up. I'm going to go out, drive around till I find a deer, mm-hmm. and put them right on it. Not put them right on it necessarily. I'm not going to carry them out there and put it on it, but I'm going to turn them loose. Make sure we go across or he goes across his track. I'm going to set it up to where he goes across the track, and as soon as he hits that thing, I'm going to start working on him a little bit. Mm-hmm. It's going to be it's going to be light to begin with, probably, and whatever it takes to uh what it you know i think i think it's important to me i don't want that dog to ever know and then and they're all the pros are going to tell you you know what how to how to how to it's supposed to work and and i want him to think that that deer is is what's hurting him mm-hmm. and he doesn't want anything to do with that track but it really again it depends on the dog and i'm going to give him as much as i need to to let him know this is nothing he wants to mess with right and that's going to, again, it's going to depend on the dog. Some it's going to take a little bit more. I'm going to have to hit him a little bit harder, you know, than others. And and uh, But for the most part, you know what, I've never really had a, a big problem with uh, with getting a dog broke. What but about? I, think it's, I think it's important to uh, just, just simply set them up. Too many times I've seen it, you know, and I'll tell you one thing, Chris, is uh, if you're up here hare hunting, if you've not hare hunted much, and we bring guys up here that haven't, you know, they're used to running cottontails or whatever, they get on a hare and especially if their dog's running by themselves or maybe solo on a dog, you question it right away. You think, man, is he running fast game here or not? Because that's the, one of the differences. You you saw this I weekend. Did. It doesn't take long for him to go 800 yards. I know. It was amazing how yeah. fast they can cover ground the way that hair buzzes yeah. out there and just, just covers the ground in front of them. Yeah, and also, uh, you know, when somebody hasn't run hair much or whatever, you, you, dogs get on a hair, you know. You know how some guys are a little trigger happy with that uh, with that Tritronics or right. what have you. You know that's just that's just never good. What about uh, what about coyotes and fox? Uh, you know what? Problem never with have really. Not with not really with beagles that I that I know. Right here's that uh, Jay's where we were the other yeah. day. Mm-hmm. That's a pretty nice store, isn't it? Yeah, it was. Yeah. Um, never never really had much many problems with it. You know, mostly you know with as far as beagles go is usually. Uh, is usually deer, if anything. 
yeah. for the most part. You know, you know, there's some other game like turkeys and pheasants and things like that. Birds, they'll they'll, they'll run then too. Will they? Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That might not be a bad deal. Yeah, well, pheasants. Yeah. <laughs> but no. Um, the one thing that I noticed about hunting with you is the way you handle your dogs. Um, it was just a. Uh, it was. I really liked the way you gave them encouragement you talked to them it was um you talked about your buddy that that talks to them like they're kids and stuff but but uh you kind of do too yeah not like he does yeah (laughs) (laughs) but but you know no i uh i like uh I like uh, the part of building that relationship with the dog. I, I never really saw do. any frustration. I never saw any, you know, anything that w- looked like, you know, you weren't breaking off the limb to straighten out some problems. You yeah. know, it was uh, nah. not that there were there weren't any problems, but I just don't. I saw the way you interacted with your your hounds, and it was it was kind of neat. It was pretty refreshing. There wasn't any frustration. It was just like, hey, they're just dogs, and and. We'll have that occasionally, but the, this is a high quality pack of dogs that I hunt with the last couple of days. Well, I don't know about that. You know, they gotta don't be humble about well, it. I'm trying they, to don't don't take away my blessing here. I'm trying to brag on you. <laughs> well, no, I appreciate that. But you know, you want it. You want it. You know, it helps to have decent dogs. But you know what? That's that's another thing you kind of learn over the years. You know, it's uh, I guess it doesn't doesn't cost any more to feed. Uh, some decent dogs is you know so you kind of learn what's going to work for you and what doesn't sure so uh, yeah you know for me honestly chris i don't get to hunt nearly as much as i'd like to and and oftentimes in the summertime you know especially i just don't uh you know i'm on the road a lot and just don't get to uh, work dogs nearly as much as i uh, would like to you know so mine tend to get set back a little bit sometimes but uh for the most part you know um, just, just like that five-year-old dog I have, you know, if I was hunting hard, she's, you know, some guys would have, uh, the same amount of time in her already on the ground as, you know, at, by the time a dog's three years old, you uh-huh. know, but, uh, uh, she does a pretty fair job. The other thing I really like, and I think I really have, and I, with young dogs especially is, uh, is having dogs that will hunt they have to go hunting and as you saw up there this weekend we're not going to be able to go walk dogs around and trying to kick brush piles and stuff no. like that for them that's not going to happen no. we need them they they got to go hunting it's, there's no there's no way around it but uh i think it kind of helps you know just like that older female i have you know she's got a lot of hunt in her and she's you, i don't think you ever saw her standing around anywhere no. when we cut her loose it she uh, would have gone again. Yeah. She would have, she would oh, yeah. have gone hunting again. Oh, yeah. but uh, At the end of the day today. You know, so I think a, a dog like that is good to start young dogs with. You know, actually get them out there. Get going, you know. And uh last thing you want to do is not be able to get a dog to go hunting, you know. But, yeah, they really, they, they, they got to go. Yeah, I don't even know where you, how you would. There's no way you could walk a dog where we were. There were some trails and things like that, but. We weren't striking ra- hairs on trails. We were striking them back in the stuff that we didn't want to didn't want to walk through. Yeah, I know they gotta they gotta go hunt. Yep, there's no way around it. Really. And, and what do you attribute that to? Is it is it exposure? Is it genetics? 
what I is think that? I think number one is probably genetics. It's got to be in them. If they don't, if if they don't have that go desire or whatever, I think that's the main thing, really. I don't think it's something I can just you know you can train into a dog just to make them hunt. You know, um, I think a lot of it is just that that desire and that drive. You know, and have that hunt. You know, and she's always had that. But you know, I think like you said, genetics. Uh, but you know, I know where her mama come. Her mama was the same way. Excellent, had an excellent hunt. And her mama's that whole that whole line of dogs had an excellent hunt. And same with uh, same way with her daddy. You know, and so there's those. That's one thing that's very important. Can't, so cannot stand a dog that just won't hunt, won't go hunting. All right. So we'll we'll kind of talk about the elephant in the room here. But um, what's been your experience with trying to make a dog go hunt? You think you think I'll put some hunt in that dog? We've always, uh, you know, we've heard those guys that stand around and say, "Oh, you know, whether it's a whether it's a coonhound, a beagle, uh, a bear dog, uh, I'll make them go hunt. I'll break me off a limb, and and they won't want to stand around." What's been your experience with that? Uh, you know, I think beagles maybe be a little bit different for me. For me, it's 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 natural instinct mostly. Mm-hmm. That's I I just don't think I can put that into him. Not not so much as uh, you know. There's obviously there's different tactics you can use, training tactics or whatever you know, and uh, to make him go. You know, I, I do a little bit of squirrel hunting too or whatever, and I've you know, uh, I, I I've I've never been one to be too tough on a dog for anything like that. But I think it just. Uh, my experience is is if you start working on a dog, if you've got to start with a dog that's genetically hardwired to want to get out there and hunt. Last yep. last podcast we talked about prey drive. You know, being being such a high ingredient, it's a key to nose hunting. You know, the the tree instinct, whatever it is, they want to get they they've got that prey drive, and my experience with trying to start with an inferior gene pool and then trying to train the hunt into them is really the only thing you do is teach them to hide yeah you know exactly right because they will agree they'll fade out there 50 or 75 yards and you're sitting there and now we can watch them on a garment screen and and it's constantly getting you out there to push you know and we where we were hunting you can't do that you can't push a dog. They've either got to go hunting or you're going to have a short day around the, you know, cooking hot dogs at the campfire. Yeah, that's exactly right. With your dog sitting yeah. there beside you or or 50 yards out in the brush hiding mm-hmm. from you. Yeah. So, you know, now there's the, the other thing with that is, uh, you know, that that female I have, she she'll get pretty, she'll get out there. She'll range out there pretty quick and the hunt's pretty hard. There's also that happy medium. You get back home and get on cottontail. You do. You do got to have a dog that will handle a little bit. You want them to hunt where you want them to hunt. Sure. Where that's a little different back home than it is up north. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Up north, where hey, I can't. I can't. I'm. You know. Okay. What are we talking about? Five hundred thousand acres here. You know. Go find one. You know. I can't right. take you to that place over there where I want you to go. Yeah. I just. You know. Versus back home. You know. Okay. We're hunting this. 40 acre field or whatever but i want you hunting up here in this corner right you know so there's also you know there's also that where you can uh and and she is uh she's kind of borderline on that she'll if if i don't uh if i don't watch it a little bit you know i hunt a little differently at home you know i try to you know 
get them to, hey, I need you over here, you know. At home, she'll put you in yeah. strange places. Yeah. Well, <laughs> not if I don't watch it, she will. Yeah. Absolutely yeah. will. Yep. Yep. So how do you how do you work on that? How do you train her to to do that? Ah, uh, just basically just uh, basically voice commands, you know, and kind of you mm-hmm. know, kind of walking around with you. They they need to they need to listen to you, you know. So. So even and with she the, can be she can be a little hard she can be a little hard headed you know but uh, that's what a lot of people say you know beagles are hard headed beagles are hard to train because they're hard headed mm-hmm. so when you're starting a young beagle and kind of walk walk me through the sequence of you know you get this beagle pup it's bred the way you want it comes from stock that that you believe based on the genetics is going to be a a good hunting dog, a good a, a dog that's going to operate at the speed you want, because at this stage in the game, Alan, you you know enough about beagles and genetics and different things. So you get this puppy at home. How do you start that pup? I'm usually going to uh, usually I will start them in a starting pen. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I know some guys have starting pens, you know, just for that purpose. And that's usually the first I'm thing I'm talking baby boot camp before they ever, before you ever turn them loose with the hopes of that they're running a hair. Perfect. Yeah, no, that is, if you, if you have a place where you can let them run around, that is the best thing. You know, mm-hmm. leave, leave them out as much and socialize with them. Yeah. Socialize. Can't stress that enough. That's a big thing is socialization right from puppy up. So you know, and do you do it with treats, hot dogs? I mean, what do you what do oh, you do out there? Know so, I don't know so much as just that, but yeah, that's some of it. But you know what? Back in the day, I used to do some uh, you know some training stuff, maybe a little bit of dragging hot dogs and stuff like that. You know, but uh, really, I don't do so much of that anymore. Most of, most of the the big thing for me is make sure they get socialized a lot. And uh, when you say you know, socialized, what do you, what do you mean by that? Uh, social, uh, I mean, cause the way I socialize, like I told you that my wife just, you know, she, she adopted, she, we ended up with a pit bull terrier at our yeah. house. So my idea of socializing that dog to make sure that he's not biting the mailman and getting me sued is to take him to town yeah. and let people pet him and, and make him realize that people aren't the boogeyman. So, when you say socialize with a beagle, what do you mean? Uh, I'm I'm spending as much one-on-one time with him okay. and that, and put him in the truck, take him places with you. Yeah, uh, things like that, absolutely. You know, but when you're when you're at home, uh, let them run around. You know, especially if you you know if you can do that, just get down with them, play with them a little bit. You know, if you got if you got kids and stuff like that at home, you know, let the let the little kids play with little puppies. They like love to be able to do that. You know, but then beyond that, when you're doing other chores and things around the the place or whatever, yeah, let them run. Let them run with you and just, uh, you know, uh, you know, make them. Uh, you know, they know their name and this and that. Try to call them and this and that. You know, and sometimes you do with treat stuff too. You know, uh-huh. but uh, yeah, just a lot of socialization and uh, make them like you. You know, and and because I can tell you, Chris, if you if you're gonna get a puppy, and uh, put him in the pen you know you're going to take him your plan is to put him in a starting pen when they're six seven eight months old and you leave them penned up until they're that age uh yeah good luck with that what, you know, what kind of problems do you see uh you're not going to have a very so you're, you're not going to have a very good connection with that dog for number mm-hmm. one you know but uh, so when you take that puppy to the starting pen mm-hmm. okay you've got this big enclosure it's got mm-hmm. it's been managed for you know, we used to joke around and call it rabbitat. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. um, 
and so are you walking that puppy along with you and and trying to kick rabbits up for them to get them to get them rolling no not normally normally they stay in there in the in the starting pen the uh, uh maybe a day at a time you know maybe all day long uh-huh. and you just let them do that naturally just leave them out there let it when basically nobody around i'm not walking with them or the you know uh uh, the guy that uh, the guy I take most of my pups to when I have one, uh, he'll that's what he'll do. He'll put them in there, just just leaves them. He might put them in there in the morning, go to work, and uh, come home at night and uh, or after work or whatever, and and then pick them up, take them home. Just do that for several days, but he'll watch their progress a little bit. You know, he's going to come back and and see. And oftentimes, you know, if they've got it in them, they'll they'll stump. You know, they're usually those pens are usually have plenty of rabbits in there and they're kind of set up for them to bump into and be able to see them you know start out with sight chase stuff you know and all that you know? right but uh then for the most part uh i don't like to leave them in there too long just long enough to where they actually start using their noses good and start trailing them that's a, that's about all they they need you can overdo it quickly with them and and uh, and go backwards on that how does you know, how does a beagle move backwards off of being in a too many sight field? chases? Okay, too many sight chases, not using their nose. Mm-hmm. Once they've associated what that uh, what that thing is they're after, you know, or whatever, and then after that, you know, uh, you want them to get to use their nose. Yeah. Once they start doing that, you know, uh, just kind of monitor that. And uh, the guy I take him to, he's pretty good about uh, you know, it may be three days, call you and say, hey, you need to come get your pup, he's ready to go, you know, or or it may be a week, maybe a week and a half. You know, yeah. it just depends on the depends on the pup. But yeah, hmm. but yeah, socializing with one, you know, and, and uh, uh, you saw a little bit of my young dog here. He's a little bullheaded, you know, the the youngest one. He's he's which one, is Henry or Homer? Homer. Homer. Homer yeah. He's the, he's the, yeah. He's gonna be a he's gonna be a little bit bullheaded or whatever. But but he, he was he, he didn't do he did well today. He did. He did. Yeah. But now last week there was there was some times about the closest I could get to him was about five six hundred yards and he wasn't going to listen to me he wasn't coming in he was just a he was just dead set on hunting you know and he wasn't coming to that you know how do how do beagles respond to e collars pretty good usually for recall pretty pretty good usually yeah yeah and uh, honestly I've not worked on him uh, very much on that at all and. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, I'm, I don't know. I I probably am more hesitant than most when it comes to e-collar stuff, you know. But uh, I would rather I would rather work on him at home in an environment where I can actually see him versus where we were when he's six, seven, eight hundred yards out there. And that I'm, was a I'm recipe not, for disaster if you get on the button there. Yeah, absolutely. You might not see him again. Yeah. Five hundred thousand acres of of terrain that you can't get <laughs> yeah. through. Yeah. And you may never see him again so yeah. well when it, when i need him to come i don't i don't want to i guess i guess my point is i need him in an environment where i can kind of see what he's doing and i don't want to see him trying to work a track and then mm-hmm. you know because i'm not going to try to get him in on that you know, right. especially not a young dog right you know i want him if i need him to come here i want him to, to see that he really doesn't have anything he's not working anything you know and when you're starting him out yeah mm-hmm. i am I'm, I'm the same way yeah. with with uh hounds you know start them out in that that controlled environment yeah. and then it gets to the point where you polish that hound and then when you hit that tone button yeah 
you want them to stop what they're doing because you're, you're not just toning them because you're tired and you want to go somewhere else. I tone a dog, and and when I tone a dog, it's because I need them to come back to me. They're headed towards yeah the I-75 that we're driving down, mm-hmm. you know, and I need them to stop what they're doing. All right here's exit 259. There's Milo. Mayo. Mayo. Mayo, yep. That's the L silent. The, the, yeah. No, there's no L. M-I-O. Oh. That's yeah, a Milo. That's uh, this is home country for yeah. me right here, Chris. I'll be darn. There's the Hartwick Pines I talked about. We'd go to every year. Has the biggest tree in the state of Michigan in Hartwick Pines. Is that right? Yeah. How big is it? I forget how big it is. It's huge. I remember it's it's huge. How long has it been since you've seen it? Uh, since I was a kid, probably uh, 14, 15, 16, I guess. Is it still yeah. there? Um, I, would I mean, that was a long time I, ago. Yeah, I would assume it is. Was, we already yeah. established how old you are. That's, <laughs> yeah, I, that was a long I would, time ago. I would ago. think so. Yeah. <laughs> That when, time, they, I, I forget. We always said it was over 100 years old, so yeah. I'm sure another 20, 30 years, I, I would think it's still standing. You're you're shaving years off <laughs> 20 or 30. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, let's talk about wolves in the UP real quick. Mm-hmm. Do you ever worry about, about uh, your beagles and wolves? Yes and no. I think, uh, I think you have to be... Uh, uh, you know, have some common sense about it, or, and be and and be aware of it. You know, but uh, you know, not be irresponsible. And I don't think you want to leave. I don't think it's ever going to be a good idea to leave your pack out there after dark and things like that. You know, mm-hmm. I tell you, a week ago, that's what I was really worried about. You know, I want to I want to try to get my dogs rounded up before before dark. Yeah, you know, well before dark. You know, and and uh, and just get out, but. You know, we have never, we have never had a problem with it, you know, and, and, and knock on wood, you know, you hear stories, this and that, but, uh, and I've never seen one until just this year is the first time I've ever seen one crossing the road. And that was at night, like nine o'clock at night's the only time I've ever seen one. But, you know, so for, um, for the most part, I think just being, uh, you know, just being, have some common sense about it, not be not being stupid about it. And you know, back home, I actually like to run the dogs at nighttime, right. especially in the summertime. Mm-hmm. You know, if you get a chance, run them at night. And uh, but I just because of uh, you know some of the wolves they have up there, it's not something I would even. So you don't you don't let it intentionally. You don't let it. It's not something that's on your mind when you pull in because you hunt a pretty concentrated area that you've hunted for several years. But when you pull up, you're you're not thinking, man. I hope there aren't any wolves here. No, it's it's probably uh, it's probably in the back of my mind, uh, uh, you know, at you know, somewhere. But it's not like uh, no, I'm I'm not, you know, and and maybe I shouldn't say that. It's not like you know, obviously I, I, uh, you know, I would, I would be devastated to have any of my dogs, uh, you know. Um, get caught by a wolf or anything like that mm-hmm. but i've just not you know it's i'm not too i'm not that worried about it i think uh, i've kind of i'll leave it i'll leave it at that you yeah know, that's I've, very debatable and it depends on who you talk to but but i know you know some of the some of the guys when they've had issues with wolves uh up there has mostly been at night time okay you know so um you know, maybe being a little irresponsible, leaving them out running all night long, you know, and it's, hey, you're asking for that. That's just, you know, 
probably a little irresponsible. I would, just wouldn't do that, you know, because of it. Other than yeah. that, outside of that, just never had any issues or anything like that, you know, so, and hope we never do. Right. And and I've never had, we hunt the swan and we hunt places where there have been wolves and things like that, but I've never experienced a wolf encounter. So I don't know how I would feel mm-hmm. if mm-hmm. I turned my dogs loose and, and something happened with a wolf. But... I've had dogs hit on the road, mm-hmm. and in my mind, there's a hazard every time you turn a dog's lo- a dog loose. I wouldn't turn a dog loose on a wolf track or or within, you know, a quarter mile of fresh wolf tracks any more than I would turn them loose in the median of this interstate. Exactly. exactly. And yeah. people down south deal with with gators, alligators, mm-hmm. and people in the west southwest deal with rattlesnakes and everybody's got something going on and it seems like the wolf is a natural villain from childhood i mean it's instilled in us either from childhood fairy tales that it's that it's bad and i'm not a wolf lover at all i mean yeah if they if they deal they did delist a wolf and if they established wolf season in the up and i had a wolf tag i'd smoke it in a heartbeat yeah absolutely me too and um but I got a I got a, a a message when I posted on Facebook that we were up here hunting, and somebody wanted me to ask you how you felt about wolves and and dealt with wolves up here. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you know we've just uh, we've just never had had any issues at all, you know, and, and don't really know I say don't really know anybody. You, we we talk to the locals whenever we you know they mention that you know or we talk about that sometimes you know just to. Obviously, we're not up there day in and day out, you know, but, mm-hmm. uh, and it kind of depends on who you talk to. It really does, yeah. you know. Um, you know, it's kind of like, kind of like anything else, you know. I, I think, uh, I think the chances of some of the guys in the South with, with gators are far, are far greater than wolves in the UP. Hmm. Yep. So you know, when I say that, you know, I don't want to eat my words. You know, I would, I would hate for, you know, hate to see any any dogs get uh, get involved with wolves up there. You know, but it's just it's, that's just been our experience. And, and uh, yeah, to answer your question, yeah, it's always in the back of your mind. But just like you, just like you said, you know, back home, anything can happen. You can get a dog hit on the road and things like that. There's always that hazard. We've had had dogs fall in wells. We've had yep. dogs go in caves and yep. and be lost and we've had dogs hit on the road and it's there's always some hazard i think i think the big thing about wolves is that it's been something that has been forced forced upon us with with no legal remedy up to this point you know what i mean i do uh we, we turn these wolves loose and they've got this big you know, this big social, emotional attachment to them, the icon right behind. You know, I've seen things about being the icon like the American Eagle is the the wolf. And it's it's just been a deal that we felt like if you want to have wolves, that's okay, but let's manage them. Let's, let's not treat them like they're, they're something special. They're established. They're their populations are thriving just like we would we would 
manage a deer population or or hunt rabbits let's let's take a few off the landscape you know that's the biggest problem that i think most people have Uh, even houndsmen they have with them it's like let's manage them yeah see now i don't know really um you know they have they have some um uh hound federations up here in michigan like the up uh, up bear houndsman association uh michigan uh hunting dog federation right you know and they're very involved with all the whole wolf thing in in northern michigan uh so you'd probably have to ask some of those guys you know as far as uh when you talk about uh you know hound hunting at night you know and things like that you know i don't know if those guys have uh you know what they run into or what they would say you know as far sure. as the the nighttime thing if that's uh if that plays a part or if they see more you know more problems hunting hounds at night or not i guarantee you that if that if i if i lived in the up just as an outsider i have pretty strong emotions about dumping wolves in in an area there's a reason why the wolves were taken off the landscape a long time ago and if i lived here and i depended on the hiawatha national forest to run my hounds and i'd have some pretty strong emotional ties uh, so to would that. i absolutely and, absolutely and i would i would want some answers about what my remedies were for dealing with this stuff and it, it's like a couple years ago montana um was pressured to close or or put put more restrictions on the amount of time between uh that a trapper had to check his traps and there were a lot of outside people from big cities with anti-hunting organizations or their real agenda is to stop hunting altogether but the way they do that is to whittle away at different parts of it so they wanted to tighten up the restrictions on montana trappers about how long they how long a period of time it was between when they checked their traps well the 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 problem is people in montana ought to decide that you know Mm -hmm. people in the up ought to decide when too many wolves is too many wolves Mm -hmm. and and things like that but i think there's a lot of people that stick their noses in stuff that they don't have any business sticking their noses in and and it's really up to the people of michigan and if i want to come up here and run a beagle or a hound and then i've got to i've got to kind of go along with that yeah 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 yep. you know today we talked a little bit about uh all the bureaucrats and this and that but i, I agree 100 percent. you know the, i think the people of michigan should be more involved in what happens and yeah, how they're how they're regulated. Yeah, Absolutely. not somebody lives in that's never seen the Upper Peninsula exactly in, in Detroit or someplace. Yeah, or even in farther like away than that. Yeah, yeah, D- yeah. Washington D.C. Mm-hmm. or New York City. Mm-hmm. You know, that's never seen the UP. Mm-hmm. So, but um, so let's get back to beagles. I I had something that I was going to ask you about beagles and bring it back around. Well, I've so, got a, I've got a question for you before yeah. we cut this off. So, what what were tell me what were your expectations? Never been on a hare hunt, certainly you, you probably had some. What did you expect? And and 
what did you think about it afterwards, or how were you close? Um, you know, my expectations, for one thing, I, I, I kind of didn't really have a whole lot of expectations. Um, I've never been to the UP. This is the first trip up there, so I was excited about coming and seeing the magical land across the bridge yeah. and seeing what that was all about, and that didn't disappoint. I was really... Um, it's different. The landscape is different. It degree, is. Right? You know, I mean, there's cedar trees. I was what you saw me walking around and looking at different trees, and you know, there's there's blue spruce and there's there's longleaf pine, and mm-hmm. and and then you get into some of the cedar varieties that are different from the eastern cedars that I'm used to. Um, you know, so the landscape was a big surprise to me, and there were a lot of, of um, hardwood trees or deciduous trees that um did not that were foreign to me yeah there were beech and there was maple but there's still a couple trees up there that i'm not sure what they were i i know what a birch is you know mm-hmm. uh white birch or i know that sort of tree but there was a lot of stuff up there that i didn't see or i didn't recognize mm-hmm. um as far as the hare hunting goes you know i was really not knowing what I was getting into. I thought it would be a lot like a cottontail hunt. And um, um, I saw right away that there was a big difference in the way a hare yeah. covers ground than there is with a cottontail. Yeah. And um, you, you know, never. The, you know, the first yesterday afternoon, Wednesday afternoon, uh, uh, the conditions didn't seem to be as good or the tracking didn't seem to be quite as good. We had a. You know, uh, it was a little spottier than, but then today, you know, it, and I told you uh, after Wednesday, this really wasn't what I call pounding. Right. You know? But now today we had a little more pounding right. than we did yesterday. You know, right. But I think the conditions were just better. But yesterday it was so windy and everything else. But uh, today, today the, the conditions were pretty good and the running was really good. And it was very, it was, today was very, yeah, yeah, today was very a good good average hunt up there yeah yeah it was a lot of fun i i really liked the fact that um i enjoyed hunting with you because it wasn't like you weren't uptight about what dogs were doing you weren't up you know let's get up there and kill this rabbit get up here come on come on come on come on you know it was pretty <laughs> laid back and it was relaxing and it was a lot of times when i when i bear hunt if i've got a hound in it or if i'm coon hunting and i've got a hound in it then I'm a lot more consumed by what my dogs are doing. And it was kind of nice. It was really it was really nice to unplug from that. I didn't give a crap what your dogs were doing. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. your problem, not yeah. mine. You know? <laughs> but uh, um, a lot of times when you go hunting with guys, it's like you, you don't know what to expect out of the – because this is the first time we've ever hunted together. Yeah. Um, We've known each other for years, but we've never hunted together. And you don't know what to expect from a guy that's got a pack of hounds. You know what I mean? Yeah. Is it going to be a giant train wreck, or is it going to be uh, <laughs> pleasurable? And I can say that it was 100% pleasurable. The the just the you could feel the excitement in your in those dogs and see the heart and the drive and and everything else i mean it was a complete success as far as i'm concerned uh coming up and and hunting a couple days with you yeah well good you know i uh i appreciate you coming up here with me and everything but you know the 
you know, just starting a fire, you know, take some fire log, you know, get some fire started. That's what I love, you know, about the UP going up there and just get a little fire going. There's nothing this like at this time of the year. You stand around the fire and listen to dogs, you know. Sometimes, you know, eventually you want to go shoot one, I guess, uh, go you know go go do it but you know that's not what i go up there to go harvest a bunch of hair it's, no it's never really been been my thing you know i'm all about the dogs you know and i want to try to get some miles on those young dogs and i do want to get some fur in their mouths mm-hmm. you know uh, but uh you know they like it yeah we're coming home we got four or five uh hair in the bag you know that we're gonna take home and and hopefully you'll try it yeah and uh but uh that's not what it's about it was as you know, I consider it a, definitely a, a success. Really do. Yeah. And, uh, yep. and it was good to, good. I was glad you could go with me. It's good to have you. Good conversations and. It was it was fun, it was just a lot of fun, and uh, highly recommend. Not overlooking, the understated beagle, you know, in the hound world. A lot of the yeah. crowds I run with, you know, we're talking about you know bear dogs and lion dogs and coon dogs and and big and exciting and loud and and it's it was really fun to just see this dynamite in such a small package yeah you know heck you can pick them up and carry them to the truck yeah it's cool (laughs) you know yeah hang on to that dog right there I i wasn't worried about carrying a leash i just I'd just pick Homer up and and carry him back to the yeah yeah it was yeah. it was neat I loved yeah. it no it's it's exciting it's it's always been uh, something I've always enjoyed you know and it's yeah they're they're uh, they're 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 a little a dynamite and a little package right there you know but hey they uh, there's good beagles and there's beagles that aren't uh, aren't as good, I guess. But uh, you know, I I don't have the best beagles by any stretch, you know. But uh, I have a have a pretty decent pretty decent pack that can run a rabbit and bring a rabbit, hey. or in this case, a hare back to you. And you know, that's fun. what that's what you want. But, yeah, yeah, it was awesome. Heck yeah. So before we before we wrap it up, if if somebody's out there and they're listening to this podcast and they're thinking, man, I'd like to I'd like to try. I, that sounds like fun. You know, beagle something that. They're cheaper to feed, okay? They're not big, crazy dogs um, as far as, you know, knocking over furniture and stuff. I think think maybe I could fit this into my life. What does a, what does a person need to look for when they're out looking for a beagle that they want to hunt with? That they want to hunt with? I would advise, yeah. I would advise somebody to go to... to 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 buy a beagle that is started runs can run its own rabbit it's mm-hmm. as simple as that can run its own rabbit and bring it and circle a rabbit if you can have if have a dog that will number one hunt number two circle be able to circle a rabbit back to you i don't care speed and all that doesn't really matter so much that's what those are the two things you want to look for you can you can have you'll, you'll find plenty of dogs that will jump in with another dog and 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 run a a track with another dog um (laughs) that's an interesting sign on the back of that truck huh oh yeah uh that will uh run with another dog um 
and bring it around and everything. But can, if it can do it by itself, that is what you want to look for. Sure. One that will go hunt, jump its own rabbit, and bring it around to you. If you can have that, if that's the type of dog you want to look for. Okay, so And go hunt with the dog. Go hunt the, with the dog. Are those dogs hard to come by? Um, not usually. Not usually. Not for the most part. And what you kind know, of what kind of money would I be looking at to get a dog that simply can do a couple of those things? Under a thousand bucks, I would say probably average um, three, four, five hundred bucks. Okay, so that's doable for most. Yeah. That's that's pretty doable. Sure. And then and then you get that dog, and then you just get out there and you just hunt him. Yep. There's more deer right there. You're going to be. I I would always suggest you're going to be better served to pay four or five hundred bucks on a dog that can do those two things we'll go hunting and run a rabbit on its own and circle it mm-hmm. uh then you are uh, spending 150 or 200 dollars on a puppy especially if it is your first beagle that you buy yeah i would advise paying the four three four five hundred dollars for a even if it's just a very average dog yeah, and, let, and then learn from there. Exactly. You know, you, you get a beagle, and you, you can get him out there. You can maybe run him with your buddy's beagles, but you're in the hunt now, and you can say, hey, yep. you know, I want to I improve here, and I want to, you know, maybe look for this in my next next dog. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it. interesting. Interesting. It does seem like, um, from my experience, that, that beagles have – the, I don't know what it is. We talked about this a little bit, but it seems like um, beagles are hardwired to run and track, and it comes more naturally to them than a lot of our other hound breeds that we're expecting to do a job. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I think so for the most part. We talked about that a little bit today when we were sitting there by the fire, but uh, no, I would agree with that for the most part. They may not all, when you become a connoisseur, a beagle connoisseur, I know there's things that you, particular things that you look at. You know, for me, I just look, oh, they're opening, they're driving, they're bringing a rabbit around. That's all good. And I made a few comments, and you're like, oh, I wish they would have done this. Or I wish they, you know, they, I wish they would have been, you're a connoisseur of, of beagles. So I think, I think uh, for a guy like me, if I was going to go out and look for a beagle, I'd be pretty happy with a uh, with a dog that would just bring a, a rabbit around to the gun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's you know what that's uh, that's really what you need. You know, one that can do that, and and if you can find one like that. You should be, you know, that's all you need. Yeah. Yep, for sure. Well, Alan, I appreciate I appreciate you inviting me up. I I'm not kidding. This has been a pleasurable couple days and it was well worth the time to come up and not only record a podcast have you on how many times you've been on the podcast now you're getting up there and like the you're getting frequent flyer miles i think Uh, i don't know third third time i think third time yeah yeah Yeah. well i appreciate it chris yep no but uh really i appreciate you going i'm glad you got a got a chance to go and it worked out and worked out for both of us so i'm glad you had a good time i sure did well, we'll sign off the podcast. You know how we sign this thing off? I'll embarrass you a little bit. You remember? You follow your dog and I'll follow mine. Oh, man, you almost had it. You almost had it. 
Chris, you follow, you, you follow your hound, and I'll follow mine. There you go. You got it. <laughs> All right.